Hello and welcome to Blooming Curious, a podcast that's all about nurturing that natural curiosity in our early years, kids and students. I'm Edwina, your host from the Ed's Lessons blog, a passionate advocate for play and inquiry and on a mission to keep children curious and questioning. The days of talk and chalk are over. We're diving into the world of integrated, inquiry and nature-based learning and exploring the strategies that create lifelong learners. So if you're a classroom or homeschool educator or even a curious parent, then this is the place for you. Hello everyone and happy 2024. At the beginning of every year or new venture, we consider what we want to achieve and we set our goals and hopefully we work towards them. For educators, it's a time to reflect on our pedagogy. And if you're a recent graduate or you're new to homeschooling or considering starting homeschooling, then it's time to think about your why. So from now until the end of February, this is your Getting Started series, where every week we're going to explore the topics that you need for a successful teaching year. Everything from how to know what to teach, for example, working with a curriculum, to timetabling, to setting up inspiring learning environment, and how play fits into your learning, and of course, much more. So today we start at the beginning. So you've decided you want to teach children. Great, you're in for the time of your life. But now what? Before you can even start anywhere, you need to know what you believe about education and how children learn best. So it starts with research. That's what we teachers have hopefully covered in our university studies. We studied the different approaches, or hopefully anyway, to education, as defined by researchers and educationalists like Maria Montessori, uh, Loris Malaguzzi, Rudolf Steiner, John Dewey, and other theorists like Jerome Brunner and Lev Vygotsky. Because we are not researchers ourselves, we need to look at work of these giants that came before us, who made it their life's work to study the way children learn. Now, I know that some of you are going to say, but I'm a parent and I'm, I know instinctively what my kids need. And that's true. But we also come into this world with no set of instructions. We learn on the job, so to speak. So then to have a look at the work that other people have done before us, I think that makes for a much better teacher. I think I became a much better teacher once I became a parent. And I think I was a better parent because I actually was a teacher first. So when we first start out as teachers, we more than likely have very little experience working with children. And we've probably not spent much time at all observing them in their play and activities. But these researchers that I mentioned before and so many others, they have. So we need to know what they discovered. And if you're a homeschool educator, well, then you also have the advantage of having observed your children and you have a reasonable idea or a very good idea of what they or how they approach learning and what their strengths and challenges are. I clearly remember one of my university lecturers saying for the first six weeks, don't worry about curriculum too much. Design activities that allow you to get to know your students and how they learn and use this time to build relationships. And I think that is excellent advice. That means that starting out, the first thing we need to know is our why. Why are we doing this? 
and what do we believe about the way children learn best. I personally have an eclectic approach, taking bits from various approaches that align with my philosophy of how kids learn best, gained through my formal studies, my experience as an educator, and as a parent. One thing that resonates for me about the Reggio Emilia approach is that its mission is to provide a nurturing environment that promotes knowledge and a love of learning. And that's why it's my approach too, because I believe that if kids don't love learning, they aren't going to want to learn. This approach isn't linear. It sees children as the initiators of their own learning, with parents, teachers and the community as collaborators alongside children. So that's their grandparents, their aunties and their uncles. Parents are seen as their children's first educators and are critical to children's learning. Parents and the home provide the safety and the foundation from which children's learning and curiosity develops. Teachers are seen as partners in the learning journey. They are the ones that guide and discover problem-solving and critical thinking. Teachers guide further discovery and learning from the children's interests. The environment is seen as the third teacher. Rego classrooms are seen as a living organism, spaces that only use natural materials to provide authentic opportunities for exploration. Children are seen as capable communicators, each with their own preferred method. They should be allowed to demonstrate their learning and their understanding using a variety of materials and methods like drama, art, poetry, sculpture, writing, music, etc. The list is long. So for me, this combination of the parent being the first educator, the beauty and creativity that comes from the environment as being the third teacher, and the teacher as facilitator of learning, aligns perfectly with my belief and passion for inquiry-based learning. Now, when you throw Dewey into the mix with his philosophy that students should be engaged in active learning and inquiry, that gives them opportunities to discover information and ideas by their own effort, and then applying their knowledge gained to problem-solving and testing ideas, as well as Vygotsky's work on the zone of proximal development, which is that space between what a learner can do independently and what they can achieve when we scaffold them to go further, Then we set high expectations for them so they can meet their full potential. And so all of this together is what really has created my philosophy, my why, what I believe. And that is why inquiry-based learning is just so important to me. And of course, I've seen firsthand how amazing it is at getting kids to love learning and engaging them. And speaking about inquiry-based learning, by the way, I've created an e-guide called Inquiry 101. And it's especially for teachers and educators who are new to inquiry-based learning. I have set out the whole process for you in easy-to-follow steps so that you can successfully implement and integrate inquiry into your teaching plan. I've also included some graphic organizers, all to help you just get started. So don't wait. If you want to see it or buy it for a less than a cup of coffee and a muffin, go to resources.edslessons.com forward slash inquiry 101. Now we can also look at Maria Montessori's philosophy, 
which focuses on hands-on independent learning, which is centered on children directing their own learning using beautifully designed Montessori designed resources. The resources allow children to learn at their own pace and to build on their skill set. This approach encourages a love for learning and many of the principles serve children with special needs. This hands-on approach of Montessori is so valuable because we know that children learn by doing and this again combines so well with inquiry where children are actively experimenting and testing. Steiner Waldorf education's approach is found on the ideas of Rudolf Steiner on how to allow children to be their true selves, be good citizens by contributing to a society and to be a force of good in the world. The Steiner education is very focused on the developmental stages of children and have a very strong emphasis on the arts and physical movement. So I've just given you a taste of some education approaches and it's really up to you now to decide and discover which one resonates with you. So to wrap things up, When you're starting out, it's not just about regurgitating a curriculum. It's our delivery of the curriculum and our pedagogy, which is wrapped up in our philosophy that guides our teaching. Personally, if you decide you're going to teach the next generation, this is not something to be taken lightly. Whether you homeschool or you teach in a classroom, the job of teaching is serious business. Kids need teachers who are passionate and enthusiastic and curious and love learning themselves because we are the models that children will follow. So as you plan and think about your teaching practice for next year, start by thinking about your philosophy. Write it out, much like a mission statement, which will become the beacon that guides your teaching. I will provide links to all these approaches in the show notes for you to explore further, as well as to my Inquiry 101 guide, which, by the way, is beautifully prepared and available now for less than the price of a cup of coffee and a muffin, by the way, which I've said before. It's priced well below its worth. So get in now. Believe me, your students will thank you, and you will be a total rock star in their eyes. Hey, and if you like my content, please share it so that more people can benefit. I'll be back next week when we will continue with the Getting Started series and we'll chat about how to plan a curriculum. Until then, stay blooming curious.